This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. If you feel like elite athletes are unrelatable, it's probably because you don't know them. Anytime I talk to somebody at the top of their game or competing in some of the the biggest stages in the world, uh, it's always striking just how relatable they actually are, day-to-day lives or personal lives. Uh, And Molly's story is no different. You know, she's faced struggles and injuries and and things she's had to overcome and tons and tons of setbacks at times where her running career felt like it was pretty much over. So she's going to tell us today just what some of that felt like, how she got through it, uh, what she's looking forward to, and really everything in between. And if you don't know, Molly's going to be running for the U.S. at the Olympics uh, at the Women's Marathon on Friday, August 6th. So definitely be watching for her there. Uh, It's going to be pretty awesome to watch her run. And at the end, we're going to talk about Molly's favorite athletic brewing beers. I'm not going to spoil it for which ones uh, she likes the best. But if you'd like to find out more about our award-winning non-alcoholic beer here at Athletic, please go to athleticbrewing.com. You'll be able to order it straight from the website, free shipping on two six-packs or more pretty much anywhere in the country. Or you can also find us on store shelves using our store finder, which is also at the website. Let's go ahead and get into Molly's story and hear what it's like to run wild. Molly, welcome to the show. Oh, man, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, so where are you coming from today? So I'm actually in my home in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, so we're about like a little under 7,000 feet up here. I'm altitude training, getting ready for the, uh, for the Olympics in, in Japan in a couple of weeks. Well, what elevation will you be competing at? So we'll be at sea level, I believe, for um, competition. We'll have a, like a little training camp kind of around like 4,500 feet, um, leading into it. But yeah, we'll be having a lot of oxygen down at sea level in Sapporo. There you go. There you go. Do you, do you know how high you're training, uh, in relation to maybe some other competitors? Do you think you're kind of up there or other people like, you know, on so, top of mountains? <laughs> yeah, no, I know a couple people that actually will go up to 9,000. Um, my competitor, Sarah Hall, who's going for the 10K team, she's uh, currently camped out up on the mountain right now. So she's around like nine or 10,000 feet. But for the most part, um, like most of my Team USA teammates will uh, will be here in town in Flagstaff. Alephine is here right now and Sally Kipiego will be getting here in a little bit. Well, I know you didn't grow up in Flagstaff. Uh, you grew up in Wisconsin. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about just coming up? When did you you know, know you were good at this or, or how early on were you running? Started running probably like middle school, ran with my church, really like started competing, competing once I got to high school, um, super small school, but, uh, ran really well, won, I want to say like 12 state titles. So like I knew I was good. <laughs> um, but it, like when you're in high school, you know, like, especially Wisconsin, it's kind of like a, it's a small pond to draw, draw from. And so, uh, I ended up winning nationals my senior year of high school for cross country and, and got a full ride to Notre Dame. So that was kind of when I was like, oh yeah, like, man, like this can really take me places. Literally. Was re- was it really then at nationals that you were like, oh, I'm actually really good at this? Um, Like I knew I'd known I was good, but I think like I've always kind of struggled with 
self-confidence. Like, I don't know. I'm the kind of person that likes to stay a little bit under the radar. Um, but then like when that happened, that was kind of like, okay, now this is like, this is a big thing. Some eyes are on you now. You have expectations. And then I went and proceeded to absolutely suck my, my first two years at college. So yeah, it immediately just dumped all of those expectations. But, um, yeah, I think for the most part, like, even though I'd been good in, in high school and won a lot of races, it was really at that point where it was like, Oh, like I could potentially like someday, like be a professional at this. Like if I really stick with it. You mentioned those first few years of college not going well, and and I really just want to get into your mind a little bit about what got you through that time, or what was kind of your mindset then? Was was it I'm going to come back, or was it you know I'm, I'm, let's see where this goes? When when I like it's a big jump going from high school to college. You're getting used to like so many different new things. It's hard. I think like despite all of those things, all of those challenges, I was injured pretty much straight through my freshman and sophomore year. Um, my team really got me through. Like I, I loved the girls on the team. They were like my family. Um, and they really kept me going when it was very, very tough. And so then, um, going into my junior year when I was at probably like the lowest point, um, we actually got a new coach. He, he came in right as I was starting my junior year, uh, his name's Matt Sparks. And he pretty much single-handedly turned around my entire college career and just really got me to start like believing in myself again. And I think he saw a lot of potential in me and was willing to, it, like, it took the better part of a year for him to kind of like build me back up and convince me like, Hey, like you can do this. Like you can be really good. And, and I believe that you can be really good. And at the end of that year, I won my first national championship. What did that feel like that, that turnaround? Was it a moment or was it a, a time that you did reflect and say, I can't believe where I came from and and here we are winning a national title. Did did that sink in? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was pretty wild, pretty wild going from getting almost last at nationals my freshman year to (laughs) to winning the damn thing my senior year. Um, Yeah. It's, you kind of look at it and like, I don't know, there were so many times where I believed that I was never going to get back to that kind of place where I could win a national championship again. I think sometimes it, it takes someone who can see you as better than what you think you are to, to do that. Like, I'm very grateful that I have a lot of people in my life that have just this unwavering faith in, in my abilities and are able to bring that out of me. The power of coaches and the power of, of Mm -hmm. faith in people. Yeah. Well, and I think really like the power of like, for like a coach has so much power to like really leave an impression on someone's life Mm. and I've found the ways that like I've the person I am today really has been molded by some of these people that have had like influential relationships in my life like my my high school coach like really fostered my love of running and and made it so that like I just genuinely genuinely enjoy going out and like running and then Sparks in college is the kind of person who helped me believe like hey like why the hell shouldn't you be the one winning national championships? Like someone's got to win it. Why not you? And now my, my coach now, John is, he's the guy that convinced me that I could run the marathon and convinced me that it wasn't crazy to think I could make the Olympic team off my first one. That's unbelievable. It's, it's so wild. That's so cool to hear though, the power. And I, cause there's a lot of people listening that are coaches or are in charge of something or are in some sort of influential position for, for, uh, young athletes. And so, you know, that wasn't the first time you went through a really challenging time of saying, you know, 
I don't know if I'll ever get back to that level. That was actually, uh, it happened again after college. Uh, I know you had hip surgery. You were out of running for a while. You were dealing with some some stuff there. What was your state there in the sense of, of your future in running? Um, yeah. So I guess the, my thing is like these periods of going through and like having to reassess everything, basically right when I got out of college, I'd figure out if I was even going to run professionally, I, I needed to get healthy. I had, I had been through eating disorder treatment and then came back and so kind of figuring out what that was going to look like. I got offered a, a, a small pro contract and, and kind of worked my way. And then after a year of things going well, um, I was hit with a, a hip surgery where I was given a 50, 50 chance of literally ever running again. So yeah, I guess it's these things where it's like you, you go through these challenges and you have to really reassess like, okay, what does this thing mean to you? Like, are, are you willing to keep sacrificing and keep hurting and keep doing this for the, for a shot at, for a shot at like, I don't know, fulfilling your dreams and whatnot. And, and it's hard, it's hard making that decision in the moment. And half the time, it's not even this long thought out thing. It's kind of just like, well, like, I don't know what else, (laughs) what else to do. So I might as well just keep doing this thing. I think, uh, especially after I made the Olympic team, a lot of people wanted to look at it as like this straight line trajectory of like, oh, she did this and then she did this and she overcame this and now she's here. And and really that line is all over the place and squiggly and jagged and up and down. And it's, you kind of just have to roll with it when you're in the tough times and hope that it can get better. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if that's not the most like positive positive spin on it but I think a lot of times people want to glamorize that that journey of like you go through a struggle and then you're over it and then you achieve greatness and a lot of times it's a lot more complicated than that but I don't think it makes it any less great no exactly do do you find most people maybe don't understand that about you or understand that 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 might be part of it that I'm just a constant hot mess all the time no (laughs) I don't think a lot of people understand that it's really funny actually no it comes across I'm just playing yeah thank you thank you um, I try to, I try to perpetuate that image, but, um, yeah, no, I, it's actually funny. One of my friends who he's, uh, staying at my house here right now while he's getting ready for the Olympic trials. And the other night he was like telling me, he's like, Hey, like I saw your, your race that you just did up in Portland. And it was like, that was actually pretty cool. And he's like, sometimes I forget that you're like, just because you're like you and you're just kind of all over the place that you're actually like pretty good at this stuff. I'm like, thanks. And so I think uh, people can uh, over glamorize that pro athletes don't necessarily have all of their all of their shit together. You're humans, too. Humans, too. Mm. So, you know, you know, speaking of that, you you went through this tough time, hip surgery and whatnot, out for six months going through like, oh, I might not ever run again. Everyone handles it differently, but so many people go through that. What did it feel like to you? Um, yeah, it was really, 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 really difficult. Um, not gonna lie. Yeah, going for someone who thrives, uh, whose job is to, to move and to run, having to be in a wheelchair, be on crutches, not be able to run for six, six months. It's really difficult. And I basically had to like, kind of come to terms with like, who I am. I think sometimes I have a bad habit of just trying to like, run through my problems and not actually pay attention to it. And when you just have to sit still for that long of a time, you really have a lot of time to think. And, uh, yeah. So I think by the end of it, it definitely made me a stronger person. Like I always hate that cliche of like, Oh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But I think it really did help me assess like, okay, like why is this sport meaningful to me? Like, why do I want to be doing this? Like, 
it's going to be hard to come back, but like, this means so much to me. Like I have to give it a shot. And yeah, I went through that, like come to Jesus moment and started coming back and then proceeded to break my hip again and had to go through all of that again. So yeah, it's a, it's just this constant up and down and always kind of reassessing. When did you start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel in, as far as getting back into running? Um, so summer of 2019, um, I left the professional group that I had been in, um, along with my best friend, John Green, and he began sending me workouts and kind of, um, low key coaching me just as like a way to hold me over until I found another situation. And during that time, I, I found that I was healthier than I had been in, in years at that point and enjoying running more than I had in years. And we just decided like, Hey, like this seems like it's working. Let's, let's keep doing this. And, uh, about five months later, John convinced me to, that maybe running the Olympic marathon trials would be a good thing. I'd gotten the marathon qualifier and off of a half. And it was like, Hey, like, I don't know, things have been going pretty well. Like, let's just try it. It'll be fun to go and, and run it. We'll see what you can do. And didn't have any high hopes for it. But yeah, I think it, it really took, that that fall of switching over to John as my coach and and kind of changing away changing around the way I did things to start seeing like okay like maybe this can actually work when when he threw out that idea and you were like all right did you think anything at all like oh this is going to be cool but did you have any expectations um yeah like I definitely thought it was going to be cool but more as like a wow how cool that like my first marathon will get to be at the trials and there's going to be a ton of people there and this is a great experience like thinking of it as like oh this is going to be a great experience for four years from now in 2024 when I can legitimately try and go for the team I had pretty low expectations going into this uh that first one and yeah it was mostly just like wow I'm really grateful to be healthy for the first time in years to be enjoying what I'm doing and to get to do the, the biggest race going on in the country is like my first one. For folks that maybe aren't familiar with the running world, you know, your first marathon being the Olympic trials on a scale of one to 10, how, how crazy was it that you were trying to do this or how crazy was the prospect of you making the team? Was it like, this is absolutely insane. Like, like a dog playing basketball or is this, you know, a five, like it's pretty crazy, but Hey, it's possible. No, I think the prospect of me doing the trials as my first marathon was about a 10 on the craziness. The prospect of me making the team was about a 15 and just in the sense that it is actually, so qualifying off the half marathon is pretty difficult to do. It's very rarely done. Um, and so just getting in was already kind of crazy and flying blind into the biggest race that happens every four years in this country. And that was the terrifying part of it, knowing just the caliber of women that were going to be there, the difficulty of the course as well. It was going to be the most difficult course they'd ever done. And yeah, basically like the entire prospect, anybody I talked to either thought it was like, oh my God, that's so crazy cool. Or you are a super like mega idiot for doing this. <laughs> like my mom was like terrified for me. A lot of my friends thought I was just crazy. Uh, but people were like supportive and thinking like, hey, like why not just like go for it? And that's kind of why we developed uh, my coach and I are a little like full send project kind of joking going into it. Yeah, we're just going to send it. We don't have any other option. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't help but think that that helped, you know, that mindset at least. 
Yeah, definitely. I think just the idea of one, not knowing what was coming probably helped a lot. Um, but then also just this attitude of like, I don't care where I finish. I don't care what my time is. I'm just literally going to try and go as hard as I can for as long as I can. When did you realize, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing this? It started to sink in. So basically the, the course was three laps. Uh, the first two are eight miles. The last one is, um, is 10 with a little added on. And so we finished the first two laps. We're 16 miles in and I'm still up with that lead pack. And a lot of big names were starting to drop off at that point. And that's when it started to sink. I hadn't really been thinking too much or checking my watch or paying it. Like I was in a nice like flow state the first like, yeah, 16 miles of that race. And then it started sinking like, oh, you're still up here like and you're feeling good. And we hit mile 19 and that's when Alephine and I broke away. And that's when it was like oh, like you're in it now. Um, and I remember because of the laps, my mom was on um, one of the topmost corners of the course. And so I would come past her every time. And first lap when I came past, she's all excited. She's cheering. She's having fun. Second lap, you can see her getting a little bit more like, oh my God. And then third lap when I came past her, she was just sobbing, like absolutely verklempt. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Cause I think she was realizing too, like, oh my God, this is real right now. And I gave her a thumbs up as I passed afterwards. She said, I didn't know what the thumbs up meant. If you were like, if you were okay or if you were injured and like, mom, like thumbs up is like the universal symbol for like, <laughs> it's all good. Like, <laughs> My thumb is broken is what she said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she of all people probably knows more than anyone, just what you had gone through and what it was like mm -hmm. being with you yeah. or being around you during those really difficult times. So yeah, for her to see that and to, Experience those emotions, I'm sure, were just absolutely magnified compared to everybody else. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, she was the one wheeling me out of the hospital after I got my surgery on my hip. And so it's like she's she's seen the absolute lowest. She's seen the absolute highest, even even in college when I was really kind of going through hell. Like I remember talking with her on the phone and she's this is before I was able to kind of get out of it. And she's like, Molly, like, I don't care about Molly, the runner. I care about Molly, the person. And so knowing that she's there to support me, like regardless of how I finish and she would have been just as excited if I'd finished last at that race as if I'd finished second. So yeah, it's uh, it's really cool getting to have that. I mean, that's just amazing. So, you know, crossing the finish line, I mean, was it the feeling that we all would expect you to have? Was it all those things or was it something else? Yeah, no, it was literally, it's like every cliche that you think it is. <laughs> it, like, especially like, so they coming around about 800 meters to go. Um, I'm running down and they put a, a flag in my hand. And, and like, first thing I think is like, oh God, I hope someone doesn't catch me right now because I'm going to look ridiculous as I've got this flag in my hand and I don't make the team. Um, I hadn't realized how far ahead we were. Um, but you come down the last 200 meters and there's thousands of people just screaming. And I see my sister on the side of the course and she's just sobbing. And uh, like you cross the finish line and first thought is, oh God, like, thank God I can stop running now. And like second thought is just like, it just hits you. And oh my God, I just made the Olympic team. And yeah, I, there's no feeling like that. I've dreamed about that moment since I was a kid. Nothing will ever compare to that. Yeah, that's that's an experience in a in a class of its own in the sense of what we can relate to. What did you do the next day? What did I do the next day? Oh, so it was crazy like that the whole rest of that day. It was I didn't 
get food or get back for like hours because you go through PR, you go through drug testing. They took my shoes. And then finally we get out and my sister was actually running a, um, an unsanctioned like street race that night. So we Ubered immediately over to the bar and they were like starting this race in the alley behind the bar. And so like the first food I'd had in hours was like two, like 16 ounce beers that people just like throw into my hands and everybody wants to buy you a drink. And (laughs) I'm just like, Oh, this is going to be rough. I literally didn't sleep that entire night because we like, I was out till probably like one and like get back. Um, and my roommate just like wanted to talk. And then I had to be up at five 30 the next morning anyway, to start the um, Atlanta marathon. They wanted all of us qualifiers to come and like fire the gun for the people's race that was going on the next day. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of crazy, like logistics that next day, I feel like as the marathon day bled into the next day and a lot of media, a lot of, um, yeah, press. Uh, we went to Waffle House. But yeah, that was, it was kind of a blur, truthfully. What a day. What a wild day. Well, well, tell me this. I know we're dwelling on this kind of whole experience so much. Just because we know what happened. We know what you did. You know, I know what the Olympics coming up. We don't know. We don't know yet. It's still to be written. Um, but mm. what we do know is that it was delayed. Uh, and you're probably having one of the more unique Olympic experiences uh, of history um, besides, you know, some others that were canceled, but not canceled, but postponed. What has it been like being an Olympic athlete, first of all, just in that sense of it? Is it what you would have expected or is there a lot of a lot of things that people just don't know about? Yeah, it's I guess it's been a little bit different of an experience and it will be a little bit different of an experience just because like I won't get to go to the opening or closing ceremonies. I won't get to be in the main Olympic village. I I won't get to actually like see the country of Japan will be effectively in quarantine the whole time. Um, So, yeah, I'm trying to like make the most of the situation as it is because it is still enormously cool. I still do get to run the Olympic marathon, which is what I'm there to do. But yeah, I think like right now, I, this past year has been really cool because I find that once it's, you scrape and you grind for years and, and nobody knows what pro running is. And frankly, not a lot of people care what pro running is for a long time until you, uh, until you make the team and then you get this validation and then suddenly everybody cares and so it's been really cool in that sense of like getting a little bit more of a platform to help like promote this sport that I love and to share what I do with people um that's been a really cool part of it and to get to have a little bit more of an impact and stuff that's meaningful to me just because I have that title behind my name now and I'm the same person that I was before I stepped on the line at the Olympic trials marathon but I guess now people people validate it a little more once you are an Olympian. Um, I don't even know if I can call myself an Olympian yet because I haven't run the Olympic marathon. But yeah, I think it's like once you reach that point, it's a little bit like, I don't know. Now people take you a little bit more seriously and you get to have a little bit more of an impact on the sport. Oh, how the turntables. I know, truly. (laughs) (laughs) When you you hit that level. Absolutely. No, things definitely shift. Olympian does bring yeah quite a bit of validation to your career and to your name for sure um for better yeah. or worse you know whatever that means to you but if I you know, can exactly. use that platform for good i mean my god that's that's incredible because i know when we first talked you were involved with girls gotta run um mm-hmm. so you're you're you know, doing stuff like that bringing awareness to the sport and doing what you can to help i can't imagine now and after the olympics what you're going to be able to do 
yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Like at the very least, like just being able to, to use this to do a little bit of good. And I think, uh, I think in the past there's maybe been this idea that like Olympians, they're just like so focused in on what they do. They're only paying attention to the sport and it's kind of almost self-serving. And I guess what I'm hoping is that being able to have this, being able to do a little bit more good, a little bit more broadly, like I get to bring this awareness now, hopefully to to things like mental health, to to foundations like Girls Gotta Run that found educational initiatives in, in Ethiopia for young girls and and stuff like that. Just being able to like, I don't know, be be a little bit more of a presence and make running a little bit more approachable. You know, no matter how Tokyo goes, you're going to be able to do that. Uh, so sp- speaking of uh, the Olympics and all this, how are you, how are you feeling? Like, what is it like to get prepared for this i'm sure you i'm sure you're trying to downplay like just how intense it might be or um... (laughs) oh no don't worry i'll play i'll play it up all you want it's marathon training especially at the elite level is so freaking hard but i love it like because that's the thing is i i feel very grateful that like as a pro runner i have a lot more benefits that the normal human training for a marathon would not have and that allows me to train at a higher level. I think a lot of people say like, Oh my God, I don't know how you run so many miles. I don't know how you do that. And it's like, well, I like, because this is my job, I have all day. I can run when I want. I can go get physical therapy. I can take a nap in the middle of the day. And that in and of itself allows me to train at a higher level than someone who's working eight to 10 hours a day at a, at a job. And so having those benefits makes me feel enormously grateful that like, I, I get to lead this life, but yeah, it's hard as hell. Um, I'm not going to lie right now. I'm running about 130 miles a week, two big marathon specific workouts, one long run. I run twice a day, pretty much every day, but I, I love this stuff. Like this is all I've ever wanted to do. And like, truly I wake up every day, just like, so looking forward to, to getting to go and, and do what I love most in the world. Are you counting down the days? No, 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 no. I actually didn't even know how many weeks it was. So the marathon, I just had to be reminded by one of my friends um, how close we actually are. But uh, yeah, usually I kind of just keep my head down and like focus on the day that I'm in. Well, it's paying off, paying off. Well, if you don't mind, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I know you got to go. But what are you most curious right now about outside of the Olympics and outside of your training? Just like in the world in general? Just, yeah. What are you most curious about? Okay, this is going to get so nerdy. Um, I'm excited. (laughs) I am fascinated by aquaculture um, in the sense of farming shellfish and kelp off the coast of Maine. I joke that after I'm done running, I would love to go create an aquaculture farm up off the coast of Bar Harbor. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I nerd out on. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. We go up, um, during the summer, my friend has a place up off the coast of Maine, uh, Great Cranberry Island. And like aquaculture is becoming a huge thing up there is like, they kind of transition away from like lobster fishing. And now it's like growing kelp and sustainably harvesting like oysters and stuff or scallops. And I'm just fascinated by it. I'm like, man, I just want to like live up here and have a boat and just harvest scallops all day. You can do it. You just got to get through, got to get through this first. Yeah, exactly. Do the running thing first. <laughs> do the running thing, then you can harvest all the scallops you want. Um, proudest achievement outside of your career? Ooh, outside of running completely? Yes. Okay. Cause I was going to say running a, a sub 34 minute 10K in a turkey costume, but that's still running. 
what my proudest achievement outside um I'm trying to think of like other stuff that I've done for for instance I, I was once my county's best uh, uh chicken judger I judged chickens by their egg laying ability and I, I won first place so you know I'm I've got that trophy still Wow, a chicken judger. Yeah. Uh, what are you judging the chickens on? Is this like, like plumage? Is this like, okay, so like heftiness? Heftiness, you know, like even the quality of their feet, you know, the the crouch, how they crouch when they sit to, to lay the egg, you know, all, all sorts of things. You know, it's, it's. I, I try not, I try not to exercise judgment as much anymore. So I've gotten out of it, um, even at the <laughs> level of chickens, but you know. I'm trying to think in terms of like random stuff. We were actually just talking about this last night in my in my past life when I thought I was going to be an archaeologist because that's what I studied <laughs> in college. Um, I actually like, yeah, wrote a number of like research papers and kind of like traveled the world doing a bunch of archaeology stuff. I legit thought I was going to wow. do that for my okay. career for a while. So, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm I'm pretty skilled at like bioarchaeology. Um, and yeah, I got to go on some pretty cool digs in like Ireland and Argentina and yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty proud of that. I think someday maybe I'd like to to get back into that a little bit. Oh, that's incredible! I did not expect that. That's the kind of answers we're looking for. That's that's yeah. You got, you'll have time for that it's, too. It's just it's that classic joke of like I'm doing nothing now that applies to my college major. <laughs> it's like yeah, I am literally so far from that. Uh, you never know what the world has in store. What it what this might be an obvious one, but what's the biggest goal? Your biggest goal not yet achieved. Oh, my biggest goal not yet achieved. <laughs> Basically, I would love to be able to go and race every one of the world major marathons. And I feel like that would be really cool. And to like go and compete, not just like go out and like hobby jog them, but like really race and see what I could do. Um, just because I feel like a lot of people in, in pro marathoning, you tend to stick to the same the same few marathons year after year. I feel like it would be very cool to get to to hit all of the majors. Definitely something you'll have the ability to do. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a daily habit that you stick to? Maybe that you would contribute to success. Obviously, running, you know, is probably pretty daily. But anything that, that, that might people might not know about? Um, I try to meditate most days. Um, I find that really helps, especially for my slightly off kilter brain. Some days it's harder than others. Um, some days I also just kind of fall asleep and I'll like treat my nap as meditation. But um, yeah, I feel like being able to take some time every day to just like slow down a bit and focus, I found is very, very productive for for pro marathoning. Mm, I, I can imagine. Uh, do, do you have a favorite athletic brewing beer? Uh, or or you oh. know, if you don't know the name, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, no, don't worry. I that This is going to be a problem because I love like... Oh, all of them. This isn't just me trying to like push athletic. I legitimately do love all of them. So I love um, Run Wild, the OG IPA, um, but the Free Wave Hazy IPA. Oh, as like a Bostonian, like was so excited when that came out. And then I feel like in the summer, the Cerveza Athletica. Oh, so good. Mm, all three of those are in my fridge right now. And I have to say mm -hmm. definitely three of my top as well. Um mm -hmm. Well, and the pilot program is really fun as well when you get like some of the new like cool little ones coming out. I want to say like the I think it's like three trellises. That was like a really hoppy, nice IPA. Like it's fun seeing those like one offs. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish they made this like a recurring thing. So, yeah, those those limited are, are tough to get. But when you do, it's 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 special. 
So to wrap this all up, last question. We, we say brew without compromise to make those beers, and we obviously try to live without compromise. What does it mean to you to live without compromise? I think to live without compromise means that you're able to fulfill your goals to the highest degree without having to skimp on the things that bring you joy or that living your goals to the highest degree are the things that are bringing you joy as well. And so I think for me, like with pro marathoning, a lot of people figure like, oh, an Olympic marathon, or you're probably just like psycho, you're super regimented, you don't have time for fun. And like, I like that is totally not true. Like I, I fully invest myself in what I do. I train extremely hard, but I also take time to hang out with my friends. I I love going and, and having a beer at the Creek after a run and like being able to enjoy the process, I think makes it that much sweeter. And it's like, I think being able to like qualify for the Olympic team while also like just so thoroughly enjoying what I was doing and having fun doing it. That's what I think is the the most meaningful thing to me. Be sure to grab some of Molly's favorite beer at athleticbrewing.com. You can get the Run Wild, you can get Cerveza, you can get Upside Down. You can get all of them right there at the website or, again, use our store finder. And be sure to follow Molly at the upcoming Olympics. Uh, She's going to be running the marathon on Friday, August 6th. Uh, Watch it, drink an athletic brewing at the same time. It's going to be a good time. All right, keep living without compromise. Peace. Peace.